Salutations. I'm Adam. That is Adam. And that is the Tara. The Tara. The potato lady. Hi. This is Basic Snitches. This is NPR. And today we are discussing <laughs> chapter 26 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Seen and Unforeseen. Seen and Unforeseen. Is that how it sounded? Kind of. That's I hope the there's one? witchy music behind the scene. And unforeseen. A summon a humana. A humana or that. This is a scene and unforeseen. Well, this <laughs> is me. I am Gugelna. Gugelna is my witch name for today. I like it. What is your witch name? Tara, just a witch. I think your witch name is Queen Bean. Queen it. Bean the sex machine. That's what you look like right there sitting in your Cleveland Clinic <laughs> cardigan. <laughs> you just ate some noodles. <laughs> they were delicious. Queen Bean the sex machine. Oh my god, so we're going to talk about this chapter. But first... But first, is that how you enter your house? Yeah. That's a witch thing. Yeah. You have to enter but first so that the demons in your house don't get you. <laughs> That's right. But first, let's actually acknowledge our Patreon members. So that includes Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jeannie, Layla, Mary Beth, Megan, Meredith, Nisi, Nicole, Olivia, and Raph. Thank you all so much for your support. And technically, this is not actually a perk on any of our tiers, but a special thank you to Nisi, Layla, and Nicole, who are actually our very first Patreon members at our $10 tier. So if you go to patreon.com slash basic snitches, you can sign up at the $3 tier, which will get you acknowledged in every episode. You'll also get exclusive content every single week. This week, we play a little bit of a different game, like an actual tangible game, and there will be more of that coming up on Patreon. But we also have our extra points tier at $5, which opens you up to a few new exclusive ways to interact with us. And then our $10 Quen tier is where you can get even more special content. So we will have a few special episodes as well as some other ways to kind of learn about Tara and my life outside of the podcast. Again, that's at patreon.com slash basic snitches. Hope you join us. Winner loser of chapter 25. Do you have a guess? The loser's on bridge or Hermione. Loser is Hermione. Oh my onion. I understand. And the winner is Hagrid? The winner is kind of a cop-out, but I don't care. It's Luna. Okay, this makes sense. Because I would have given the winner to Rita, but for the same reasons that you probably gave her to, to Luna. I mean, not the same reasons. Luna... Similar like, reasons. Luna is there being a friend, and she's Luna, so she's just fucking great. We don't see it, but, you know, Hermione went up to her and was like, this is my idea. And Luna probably was like, okay, I'm happy to help, Luna. Cool. Yay. Time for you to read my thing. Hey, when was that thing written? Thursday, February 17th, 2022. Oh, my at God. At 8.17 p.m. Oh, what? my God. Okay. <laughs> I literally did not write it at that point. I just changed it to spite you. Okay, well, uh, you have spited me. Hooray, I did it. Chapter... <laughs> I spited Bean Queen. Queen Bean. What's your name again? I don't know. <laughs> Chapter 26, Seen and Unforeseen. Seen that- and Unforeseen, the Bean Queen! <laughs> Didn't even mean to do, mean to do that. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> We've got 
270 pages left and 12 chapters. Now it's an average 22.5 pages per chapter, so they've got to cram these chapters full, don't they? Let's get into the shit show that happens here because I was two seconds from pulling the everything goes to shit card, but there are some deets in this chapter. Also, everything goes to shit is not is no longer it doesn't, original. It doesn't really go to shit either, yeah. but there's just, it, a lot happens. That's what it would have been. Harry is recounting his interview with Rita and his weird date with Cho. Neville eats a baked potato much to Tara's pleasure. Hermione is a bit stuffy. The Gryffindors lose pathetically to Hufflepuff in their next Quidditch match. Yes, it may seem like it's a typical gray shadow that's focused casting, but then things take a turn for the better. Harry has a dream where McGuff plays the bagpipes, which is a sign for things improving. The next morning, Rita Skeeter actually was true to her word and wrote Harry's tell-all to which he received many letters, of which most seem to be received fairly positively. The Pink Devil doesn't take kindly to this, but her penchant for creating a rule for everything backfires and causes literally everyone to have both read the article in the Quibbler and rendered them unable to talk about it. Such amazing things happen, such as several professors treating Harry with extra kindness and Cho and Seamus turning around. Dare I say, perhaps the beginning of unraveling of this monstrous thunder. Harry has another dream, this time as Voldy. When he sees himself in the mirror, it causes him to wake up in a fright yet again, but also learning that apparently Avery had said that Broderick Bode, the man who was killed at St. Mungo's in the last chapter and had worked at the department, Mysteries, would be able to remove the prophecy. But when Lucy used the Imperius curse, something backfired, so he was silenced with the Devil's Snare. That also connects to Sturgis Podmore's arrest. Hermione tells him the next day, her typical stuffiness for this chapter, that he should focus on Occlumency. Ah, yes. Well, let's go to there, shall we? Snape still teaches poor Harry. Harry does his best to fire back. Harry sees the door ajar, and then we hear a scream. Ah, sweet. Someone finally filleted the pink devil like the pork chop she is. Oh, wait, this hasn't happened yet? What the fuck? Why hasn't anyone murdered this bitch yet? Said bitch is, in fact, firing for Lonnie during the busiest time of one of the busiest locations because clearly... Any drop of tax she might have had has since leaked out her gaping asshole. McGuh comes to comfort Trelawney and Dumble comes in and calls bullshit. Pink Devil's stupid rules were poorly written. Trelawney can in fact stay as it was her home. Then Dumble found a new divination teacher. A Sagittarius! Go Sagittarius! Yes! Go Sagittarius! The end of that chapter, I'm like, fuck yeah! Yeah, Sagittarius is coming in for the win. I mean, I was more like, if Dumbledore wins in a moment. I mean, Dumbledore does also win. Sagittarius is great, great. Remember when you got me that Lego thing and I said it came with little Sagittarius? (laughs) I mean, that's what he is. They are going to be called Sagittarius from this point forward. It's fine, I love it. Leaving off where we left last chapter, as much as I really loved that scene with Rita, and I'm glad that things did not go the way that I thought at the beginning of this chapter, it leaves me feeling very uneasy when they're talking about especially the trauma. And obviously it sounds like they came back to school and like told people that they did this because like Neville and Dean are both like, you're doing the right thing. So now you have at least two classmates, probably more people, who are now anticipating the arrival of this article. Yeah. That's very brave and very vulnerable. Yeah. Very risky. Yeah. And gossip is a bit of a theme here because of how quickly the news of the article spreads. So I agree. I think it's possible that other people knew about this too. Maybe it's this book in particular, but every time something good happens or something that I perceive as good happens, then you're like, it mm. gets worse. Yeah. And in this case, it did not get worse. Like Rita kept to her word, thank 
God. Yeah. I mean, Hermione blackmails her. As I said, Neville is eating a baked potato. He sure is. And then a few minutes later, Ron is cutting up some potatoes. So I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, I mean Neville just ate you, and then Ron is murdering your family. <laughs> but then Harry eats rhubarb crumble, which made me think of Ashley. Ashley. Why have I not where, had where's, where's our rebuff crumble? The book actually foretold of your group. Right? It sure did. Send us. Sure did. And then Hermione is like, Harry, how'd that date go? Oh, Ooh. and then he's like, not great. And he was, she was like, yeah, well, you fucked that up. And he's like, excuse you? And I'm like, excuse you. No. Harry did not fuck that I think Harry went in a little bit clueless, perhaps, but... Absolutely, I mean, he did. But, but he, I'm sorry, what teenager? Also, Hermione, what the fuck do you know about it? You should have called me ugly. And Harry's like, but I don't think you're ugly, Hermione. And then they start making out. Right. And Neville's like, I'm just going to eat this potato. This moment of Hermione was it's rough. very uncomfortable. Hermione, not okay. She, I think, called him tactless. And I'm like, come on. Oh, well, like, she, he's tactless? Let's reserve that word for pink devil only. Or people who actually, like, earn it. And listen, Harry has times in the series where he's tactless. This is not one of those times. Mm -hmm. Speaking of uneasy, too, Cho walks in at this moment, which prompts that conversation with Marietta. Knowing what happened in the last chapter and what's to come with Marietta, that also, I think, amplifies my uneasiness. And then what happens right after all of this, they gloss over it almost. They're like, oh, there was a Quidditch match, but we're not even really going to talk too much about it. We're not even going to go to Quidditch Because it was that bad. <laughs> Here we are in this kind of like negative thing again. Again, every time there's Joe, like Ginny's kind of right around the corner. He has this conversation with Ginny, how bad things are going and like how, oh, Ron is better than he thinks, but he's just in his head. <laughs> These other two motherfuckers, their names are like Stump and Grump. I'm just thinking about that Hufflepuff bitch from the <laughs> Patreon from last time. If you'd want to know about that, join our Patreon. They talk about how terrible they are, but then how like Ginny actually kind of swooped in and grabbed the snitch to like alleviate the issue also this game was only 22 minutes so was this shorter than the very first Quidditch match Harry played in which he took out Hufflepuff it wasn't Hufflepuff was it Slytherin I think the Slytherin I think this had to have been the shortest one. I feel like this was too. Yeah. Like, they've talked about, like, Quidditch matches going for hours and hours and days. But also, like, how did Slytherin get so fucking far ahead in 22 minutes? No, like, this was Hufflepuff. Or Hufflepuff. Because they because suck Ron that much? Because Ron is that bad. He well, did miss 14 goals. It's Ron and the other hoes. The other ones. Right. Because they can Stump and Grump. Stump and Grump don't sound like Hufflepuff names. Except for that one guy that we talked about. They sound... That, like, that sounds like... Graham and Goyle. But you know what I mean. Those shitty guys. Or Gryffindors. We're getting all of our houses mixed up. Whatever. Quidditch happened. It was horrible. Yep. Ginny is good. The end. And that's where, like I said in the last mm. episode, Ginny has this thing of like, calm your tits. You're only banned as long as Umbridge is here. That bitch ain't gonna be here the whole time. Ginny knows. Ginny has plans to murder the bitch if she's not dead by the end of the good. year. Good. I think. We're throwing all this stuff out as canon. I'm gonna throw out that I think Ginny maybe starts to see the cracks in the veneer. Because I think that they are more apparent. Especially in this champ. Things aren't going too great with Pink Bitch. When you put this much pressure into a situation, there's only so much more time until the lid blows off. Okay. So I really love the way Ginny is present in this chapter. I also love the part where 
where Fred and George are like, oh, I didn't know how she got so good. And, like, just kind of, like, the little mm-hmm. bits of information we learn about Ginny and just how fucking determined she is. It's funny because Ginny is in the second book. And then, yeah, she's here and there maybe since then. But then she just comes out of the woodwork in this book. It's a great book for Ginny and Ron and not a great book for Harry and Hermione, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Meanwhile, speaking of other Silver Trio, obviously you start some more with Luna in this because it's the first time but you get more and more of Neville's character too so it is so interesting to see like where all these characters are in their development at this point yeah but good on you Jenny I wrote down that she's firmly planted you said present I like that you use the word present because I think she really is very grounded you don't forget about her in this book oh, even totally. if she's not there and then Fred and George and Hermione have a conversation about her yeah and how good she is and the fact that Hermione is the one bringing up that information about Ginny just goes to show who Ginny is actually interacting yeah. with, which is everyone. The only thing I have to say about this Quidditch match is, oh, good thing that the Gryffindors got obliterated with punishments, but the bullying is still in full effect. Yeah, we're just letting that happen. Great. Very happy to see that. I don't know if this happened here or later in this chapter, but Harry even talks about how, like, Umbridge kept, like, turning around and, like, gloating at Harry. I'm yeah, like, it's, yeah. Oh, very cool. Very cool that you also have to do this to someone who is a quarter of your age. Really? The way the adults treat children in this book. No wonder the children don't trust anyone. You know who could also probably use some occlumency lessons? Umbridge. Because she is clearly so not focused on anything but her own ego and her own ability to make other people She's miserable. the fuck. But enough about her. She gets hers because Harry has a very nice dream where I think it's Neville and Professor Sprout are dancing. Yeah. When fucking McGonagall's playing the bagpipes. You know she's good at it. She good. I'm not just saying that because she's Scottish. You know that McGonagall is good at that. Because she ain't doing it if she's not good at it. No. Also, I feel like she is very musically inclined. If she could be playing the fucking harpsichord or the fucking, what's that thing that's like? No, but that too. Oh my God. I saw TikTok of someone doing it. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to learn how to do this. It's like you're playing with like sound waves and it sounds creepy. That. Oh my God. What is it? Right in. What instrument am I talking about? Ashley will know. She totally will. Ashley, what instrument am I talking about? (laughs) Anyways. And then Harry is like, oh, now he's by this door. And then Ron wakes up. The door is back. Yeah, and it's like, really, Ron? It was a a jar this time. The next day happens, and... and It's good. It's good. But can we also talk about owls once again at breakfast? Thank you! Thank you. I'm like, come on! One of those bitches is knocking over orange juice. The other one is walking through some eggs. Right? Someone's got their talon in the butter. (laughs) I'm going to put my talon in your butter. No, I'm not. I don't want to put my talent anywhere near your butter. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, owls coming at that time of day. Like, Why do they always come during the times? Why can they not be delivered to, like, your dormitory or whatever your first class of the day is? I almost yeah. feel like it being at breakfast feels worse to me. If it came at lunch, sure. I don't know. That earlier in the day and an owl walking through butter just yeah, my it's, stomach. It's not a good time. Here, especially, they put a lot of detail into that. Right? Then, so just, like, how disruptive the owls are. That should be a sign that this is not how this should be working. Yeah. And then that bitch, Rita, it's called a quick quail for a reason. Because she got that thing out, published, and there are letters arriving. We've seen this happen before, where Rita writes an article and the letters come, and it doesn't turn out so great for Hermione in particular. 
right? These letters are a mixed bag, but it seems like most of them are good. And the fact that quickly Pink Devil figures it out, she puts up this new rule and it backfires on her. Oh yeah, everyone's like, nah, well I gotta read this shit. Yeah. So not allowed. And then they can't talk about it either, which actually benefits. All the Slytherin assholes are in the... They can't be like, what Harry said was a lie. Yeah. They can't admit that they read it, and it's amazing. I was about to write down, like, oh, that one kid's name is Not, and he was one of the Death Eaters in the graveyard. And then the book explained it. It was like, it's because they are all Death Eaters that fucking Harry called out. I was like, ah, good. I'm glad I'm keeping up. And then they can't talk about it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really kind of fantastic. And Hermione, she's not wrong when she's just like, no, this is a win for us. It's a total win. I mean, it was very underhanded and sneaky as fuck, but it's still a win. It is a win. I still don't like Hermione's attitude in this chapter. Yeah, and then we get another educational decree regarding... Yeah, that anybody with a quibbler will be expelled. First of all, calm your jets, lady. Expelled for a magazine. Really? No, people can't know the truth. You will be expelled. It's the biggest instance. And obviously I said a lot in the last episode, too, but in my thing, I even said, like this is where things are unraveling I hope that the momentum continues like this I have a feeling it will because we are getting this is the catalyst for it I think because she thinks that she has everything covered she thinks she has Harry handled and then there's another place that he got through you can only be so controlling before things start to not work in your favor can't control the oceans and it's the same sort of thing here you can't just control everything and then hope everything's gonna work out this is a really really great moment this is also where we get a little bit more information about the boat thing there's a conversation about can't remember what the epiphany is Oh, you know what it was? It was, once again, it was an occlumency or it was in a dream or it was something. I have a feeling it's another dream because that's where he sees himself as Voldemort. Yes. Basically what happened in the dream is that Avery is, or no, it's Rookwood. See, this is where the names are. All of these names? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's Broderick Bode. Worked at the Department of Mysteries. He worked at the Department of Ministries. He's under the Imperius Curse. He's with, placed under the Imperius Lucy. Curse from Lucius because Lucius is, tries to use him to get to the, the prophecy. And real quick, I know I called him Luscious Boyce in the past, but I'm sorry. I saw somewhere Lucy. Someone referred to him as Lucy. It was a TikTok. It was something online. Lucy. <laughs> I'm sticking with that. I like it. That's nice. That's why he ends up in Mungo's because his brain is all fucked up. Well, because like when he touched the prophecy, something backfired. Yeah, because he can't do it, which yeah. is the thing that Voldemort is learning. It sounds to me like Rookwood is telling Voldemort that Avery said that Bode would be able to get the prophecy, and so Lucy. He used the Imperius Curse on Bode, it backfired, he's in St. Mungo's, and then they're like, oh shit, he's getting better, so we gotta silence him, so they send him the devil snare. Yes. That all makes sense to me, but then somebody has this epiphany of like, oh, Sturgis Podmore, almost as if, and this is where I think I'm probably wrong, Sturgis Podmore was like guarding it, and somebody tried using the Imperius Curse on him, but instead of him going to St. Mungo's, he went to Azkaban. What I think happened is that the difference between Bode and Podmore is that Podmore got caught. I don't think Bode got caught. I think Bode was affected. He would just worked there. Yeah. But Podmore was there guarding it, and he shouldn't have been there. Sergius Podmore is part of the Order of the Phoenix. Yes, but he doesn't work for the Department of Mysteries. No, which Bode would be did. why he's in trouble for trying to get into... 
the department of mystery when moody is like oh he didn't return my cloak that's because he was busy getting you know in trouble <laughs> so they didn't use the pierce cord on podmore it was just that he got caught they did but while he was being imperious he was caught so i don't know mystery magic like security probably for example. what in my mind then is happening you know lights out time to go home ministry of magic both people from like the death eater side and the order of phoenix are going in to be like i need to guard or i need to get in and it's almost like this little tiny battle that's happening right. and in some cases it's the death eaters using imperio to try to get it and in some cases it's the order guarding it it feels like there's this little battle that's well happening. i think that bode had been under the imperious curse for a while that's what I'm getting out of it. Like, I want to maybe go back and reanalyze it. But I think that he had been under the Imperius curse for a while. He tried it and then was affected and went to St. Mungo's. And so then they tried it with Sergis while he was on guard. Like, they knew he was there. And then he got caught. Because when they're guarding, they're sitting under the invisibility cloak. Yeah. You know, so no one knows they're there. Jeez. I think that there are too many characters we don't know enough about in the same chapter discuss yeah because also we still haven't really covered the whole thing of like how did Ganey get in there to attack arthur clearly sturgis podmore doesn't work for the ministry because then there's the whole thing with arthur arthur is another one who is there guarding things but he works for the ministry well sturgis podmore i think does work for the ministry but he was in the wrong department Arthur is not found by ministry workers. Remember Dumbledore handles that. He's like, make sure he's found by the right people. So he gets found by the right people and taken to St. Mungo's before he can get in trouble for being where he should be. Okay, cool. I think my only question then, and this is probably something yet to be determined, how are all the Death Eaters getting in and not getting in trouble, not getting found out or anything? They're the ones that work there. But Nagini's there too. Yeah, Nagini's a snake. I don't know. I got nothing. So all of them work like close enough to the Department of Ministries? Or Mysteries? We keep on doing Right, that. I know. I think what we're dissecting. What them does work for the Department of Mysteries. And I don't know if it's Bode or Rookwood. Bode is dead, so Avery right. or Rookwood. Avery does not. Avery does yeah. not work for... Avery is one of the people who were defense against the Dark in the last book. Avery and Electo Kira. Well, Avery is, a, is his surname, so Avery is a different Death Eater. Oh, wait, no, it's... Oh, my God. Amicus it's and Electo Amicus. Kira. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, Did we but, really need to make three of the bad guys start with A? Oh, I'm sure there's more because fuck this author. There's a lot of characters who were not 100% clear on who they are yeah. until later on or whatever, but they're all in the same chapter. So we're like, so this and this and this and this. To be determined, maybe we'll reanalyze that. There's obviously going to be a lot more stuff with this door. They keep bringing it up constantly. So that's the whole thing that happens that I'm just like, oh my God. In the middle of all of this, there is something where, in the middle of all of this, they're talking about everything that happened at the ministry, and then it mentions how Weasley, is our king, is becoming too raucous, and so Filch bans it. I'm like, see, at least Filch is banning the bullying, probably because he has been a victim of bullying too much. Oh, he's absolutely been a victim of bullying. So, at least there's somebody here who is, like, enough with the bullying, so good on Filch. Then we go back to Occlumency. This is another one where they put so much into this chapter that is so confusing because there's all these moments of Snape just not giving enough. No, it's like he just keeps attacking and not like being like, okay, so that didn't work. Let's figure out how to make this successful. Exactly. That's exactly how he should be doing it. 
We all know that's not what he's going to do. And then at one point, Harry, I can't even remember the term that he uses. He, he does a Protego. Protego. And he fights back and he can see some of the memories. And, oh, you know, snakes. one yeah. of them is he's zapping spiders. And then there's the thing with Lily. I remember when I was editing the episode for Occlumency where Dan was walking through the progression of memories and I was like, hmm, is there some sort of connection here? And I was like, I don't necessarily know. To an extent, I almost wonder if it's these moments where Snape felt really vulnerable because he's not expecting Harry at all to like lash back out. I don't necessarily know if we need to read into it. That's the first moment where we finally see that kind of happen. But then I feel like Snape doubles down. I feel like that should be a moment where Snape is like, oh you actually did it and I think we do sort of get a slight softening and then he goes right back into just like attacking attacking and it's like dude like you've been doing this for how many weeks now and he even says something along the lines of we've been doing this for so long and you're not getting better hold on this isn't just Harry's fault it's more your fault than it sure maybe Harry isn't taking it on I'm not very well versed in occlumency myself, so I don't know. What I can observe is that you're not teaching. He's literally just using it to hurt Harry. Here's my hot take on occlumency and legilimens and all of that, is that that's not the skill that Voldemort is using to get to Harry. It's not. Because Harry is a horcrux. When he plants the false vision in Harry's head about Sirius, that has nothing to do with legilimens. can't do that with legilimency. And you can't do that with occlumency because occlumency is blocking and legilimens is reading. Which means the placing of the not real vision is a completely different fucking thing. So I'm not sure what the hell they were going for here anyway. Voldemort does not realize that Harry's a Horcrux, correct? No, he never realized Because that's the other thing here. That's why I said, I think I might have said it in the last episode, but neither here nor there. Harry is a tool here. Harry is gaining more information than anything. Why would Voldemort allow him to see this conversation that he's having with Doesn't He doesn't know that Harry yeah. can see this stuff. Yeah, like I feel it's, like it's a shock at the end to everybody that he's a worker. They find out later that he has this connection. I think that Dumbledore is ruling out the idea that Voldemort can get into Harry's head that way. If this is part of Dumbledore's plan is to rule this out. I don't think that occlumency was the answer. That is just blocking a connection to what's in Harry's head. Well, Harry's a fucking student who doesn't know shit and Dumbledore hasn't been around him. You know, Dumbledore explains the end of the book, like, oh, I didn't want to use you as a weapon against me or to like try to see what was going on. But Voldemort wasn't aware of the connection to begin with until after it had already happened. When he uses it to plant a fake vision in Harry's head, that is neither occlumency nor legilimency, which means your decision to have Harry study this and be tortured by Snape mentally, because that's what he does, is not helpful. I mean, maybe that was like one of Voldemort's like hopes or dreams or thoughts. There are so many times where we... Right, like, oh, we should thoughts. have, oh, I wonder what would happen if we could bring Sirius here. Maybe that would yeah. blow Harry out or something. Yeah, I mean, there are times where, as someone who overthinks, I think of sometimes the worst possible thing. And yeah. sometimes it's, I have to be like, hey, that is not a helpful thought, nor is it like a realistic thought. Maybe that is something that happened here. Ultimately, I agree. I don't think that occlumency is the solution here because of, I mean, everything that you said, but also the specific scene with Rookwood is, I think, the the hint. Voldemort would not want Harry to see that. But all of this is interrupted by Gwen Trelawney screaming her head off. She is a mess. I appreciate that Snape is like, the fuck is going on? And like, he kind of stops his torment of Harry to be like, 
did you notice anything bad happening? This is all outside of what's happening between the two of them. Yeah. Like, they, neither of them have any idea what they're coming into when yeah. they run out. I think that's an interesting place for Snape to be in there. He, I think, is just as surprised as Harry. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, we saw the humanity thing with Rita. Now, Rita's a whole different ball of wax than Snape, of course. It does remove you from that situation, and there's a shred of humanity there with Snape. I'm not trying to give him a better I don't know, Yeah, I mean, if you want to call it that, that's okay. That's what I mean. It takes you out of the situation to show that Snape is, like, shocked. Like I said in my thing, Umbridge decided to fire her in the Great Hall at dinner time on purpose. Mm-hmm. Because she is a rancid Thundersea. Also, like I had said in my thing. Thundersea. Thundercats go. <laughs> so that everybody can watch. Knowing how Trelawney has been behaving in class since all of this has been happening, how we know that she has a drinking problem, it's almost like she chose to let Trelawney go first because of this, because she is more deteriorated and whatnot. McGonagall first comes in to comfort her, and then... Dumble comes out just like out of the blue and is like, no, bitch, I found loopholes and I got a Sagittarius. He sure fucking did. And you better beware of Sagittariuses because they're the best star sign. Her choice to be like, I'm going to try to humiliate this woman in front of all of these people. Really? What do you think you're doing by trying to make an example of her? You know, she's like, you should have seen this coming. Who is learning from this? Trelawney isn't that main of a character for even like a Malfoy to be like, look at this. So cool. It is just a sad display. Yeah. You've shown the entire school your hand. Yeah. The fact that there is that little detail in there of like Lavender and Parvati sobbing in the corner. That is a good little detail to put in there. It is. But I mean, even people who don't like divination or don't like Trelawney. I'm sorry if you have an ounce of humanity in you, you don't want to see someone go through that kind of public humiliation. Trelawney is like, Hogwarts is my home. She's actually the person in this series that says that line that people forget about because they're always like, oh, Hogwarts is Harry's home. But Trelawney living at Hogwarts is very important to remember because we learn in the next book how detrimental and important she is to the fucking plot. Well, we learn a lot of it in this book too. I wouldn't want this to happen to Snape and I hate Snape. If she tried to do this to Snape, I'd be like, how dare you do this to a person? You're taking their entire livelihood away from them. Because they're underperforming. Did you offer them guidance? Did you give them any of that? No. You just creeped on their fucking class. Not only that, but for both Trelawney and Hagrid and really every single professor that she goes to see, I've said this already, she does not know how to teach any of these things. She doesn't know how to teach. She has no authority over any of this. So like she is going based on her own limited view. Hey, predict something. I think I may have said the thing about how I used to be better at reading poems and people like shoving their hands into my face. Okay, like, come the fuck But down. I mean, even, she even says something to Snape in his class. Don't you feel like this is a little advanced for this group? Like, yeah, you the don't strength. You know. The strength You are solution. not a fucking teacher. You know, sh- you don't jack shit about potions. Right. You don't know anything about the curriculum either or what they've right. been like, learning for the past do you? I don't, I don't know. Maybe we should ask the person who's been teaching potions for 10 years. Right. Fuck right off, bitch. That's okay. She's going to get hers. This Sagittarius oh is going to kick oh her Oh my ass. god. It's like this little moment of triumph where your Dumble's like, all right, you got you, bitch. That's right. What I really appreciate about Dumble coming in at this last minute is I feel like I forgot that Dumbledore was here because he's distanced himself from Harry so much. It's just like this like moment of like badassery yeah. where she's like, nah, you gotta leave. And he's like, bitch, no. Like, I feel like I just imagine him like coming in and that's how they do that with the movie. Even though the way it's done in the movie is different than the way it's done in the book yeah. as far as timing wise. But 
but he just like literally takes up the whole presence of the end of the chapter. It's similar to when he comes into Harry's trial. Like mm-hmm. there are these brief moments where he comes in, saves they, leaves. But it's like those moments in between where obviously we have had choice things to say about Dumble too. Like when he comes and makes a presence, that's where it's like, yes. But then it's like, mm, you should be more present. So yes, I agree with you. I love how he swoops in and saves the day. It's bad. But those gray areas are good to remember as well. What game you got for me? Okay, so this is a is very short game. What? The Wizard Road. No. Good. We've been we've been relying a bit too much. A quiz. We haven't done a quiz in a while either. Yep. That's a five question quiz. Okay. Which Weasley said it? Wait, hold on, really quick. Are you going to be using your fire alarm again? What? When you timed me and it was like, wah, wah, wah. oh yeah, no, she is looking at me with all of her potato eyes. Because I did not think of it as a fire alarm, so my it was brain. A fire went. alarm. Okay. Now this is how you just have to answer the question. Okay. I, there's only four. But you're giving me options. It's from this chapter. Which four so Weasleys Fred, do we George, see in this chapter? Ron, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, we only see four Weasleys in this chapter. What if I answer Molly, Arthur, I mean, Charlie, and Bill? Then you're gonna be wrong. Okay. So. Okay. Question I, number one. Do I win money? No. First quote is, "I'll save it for parties." That's really rude. I don't care. George. Question number two. It was appalling. Angelina was nearly in tears. Would Ron say the word appalling? I'm going to say it was Ron. Okay, question number three. Ginny's not bad. The other twin, Fred. Question number four. Will you stop acting like a maniac? All right, well, Ginny, I feel like I got all of them wrong. Question number five. What a waste of parchment. That's five. Oh man, what a waste of parchment. That one was definitely Molly. And I'm sticking to it. Because I think I got all of those wrong. You did. I thought so. <laughs> I was like, two of them could have been the twins. And appalling doesn't feel like something Ron would say, but in context it does. So whatever. So it was appalling. Angelina was nearly in tears with Ginny. Okay, that was my other guess. Ginny's <laughs> not bad was... George. The, All Save It For Parties was Fred. Yeah, I got him backwards. What a waste of parchment was Fred. Okay. And then Will You Stop Acting Like a Maniac was Ron. Yeah. I was like, I know who the other one could be, but I got them all wrong. I knew that was going to happen. That's okay. That's, that's okay. okay. But I was like, the Weasleys have a lot of like little one-liners in this that any of them could have said. Seriously, I do enjoy the quiz. Even when I get it wrong, I think it's very fun. <laughs> all right, the movie. The movie. The only part in it, because we don't get any Rita article. Is the sacking. We get the sacking. Of course, some of this happens during Aquaman. I can't even remember if it happened before or if it happened yeah. in the future. But when Harry kind of like gets into Snape's brain, that happens. It's very little here. It's later on when we learn more about Snape okay. that actually so, is interesting. But yeah, there's a little bit of that. This is where the movie gets messy. The main thing, of course, is the sacking. It happens in the courtyard, which at least Amelda's version had the decency not to do it at dinner time in the Great Hall, but still. Like, she's already has all of her trunks outside. Trani isn't nearly a wreck either, which, sure, the book kind of makes it a little bit more cartoony. But like some but, of those lines. Yeah. Like, uh, well, my gut coming out and be like, I would like to kick your ass. I, what is it? Do you have something you would like to say? Whatever. Oh, there's plenty I would like to say. Like, it's amazing. There's a TikTok. That TikTok person says all the things that McGonagall would like oh, to say. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, she's amazing. Because that is another cutscene in the movie that I would need to see. It's like, ah, oh, there are. Why don't you say them, McGonagall? And then, of course, Alba's coming in. I do kind of like it more in the book because it's a little bit more sensationalized. It book, is. But it's still great. But I think he does a great job and because it fits with the feel of the 
moment and just, ooh, just how she gets under your skin when he was like, that pleasure, that pleasure, that responsibility lies with me. Right? And she's like, for now. That's what she says in the movie. And I'm like, (laughs) ooh, that is the mood of her in that moment. I just like the thought of like, double derby, like that pleasure lies with me. Drawing you fired. Anyways, here's the Sagittarius. (laughs) Right? We don't get the Sagittarius in the movie, which is sad. Sagittarius is going to come up in the movie soon. Right. But not for a teaching position. We don't see friends. That's one of the things that I don't know that it would have played the same way in the book, but I appreciate that they have her being like the, okay, well, I know what educational degree is coming out next, bitch. <laughs> like, it's very clear. Yeah. Yeah, that's really the only one there. Ugh. I mean, it's a mess. It is shocking that we have only 12 chapters left. I know. I was like, we still have so much shit that's going to happen. Yeah. we There's a lot. So it's going to really speed up. And these chapters are going to be, thankfully, because <laughs> this time I always look at how much I got to read and I'm like, Whoa, oh, both like, of these chapters were long as fuck. Yes. I think we read over 50 pages for this. Oh, we read this, we read over 60, chapters, for yeah. sure. But the chapters are going to be, if they are even chapters from this point forward, and you know that's not going to be the case, the chapter's about 22 pages long. We're speeding it up. But before we get into what we're reading next time, here are some points. Yes. Once again, a lot of points. First of all, I'm giving 20 points to Trelawney because this is a tough time for Trelawney. To Harry because he's finally getting some recognition because of Rita's article. And with that, I'm giving 20 more to Rita. With her two chapters, she has 40 points, which, hell yeah, lady. I, like I said, was feeling uneasy at the beginning of the chapter because I was like, is she really going to pull through? Like, I don't really remember what happens. And she does. That's pretty amazing. I'm also giving 10 to Luna Flitwick, Sprout, Seamus, Fred, George, Ginny, Filch, McGuh, Dumble, and Forenzi. All for many different reasons. For supporting Harry, for trying to put a stop to the bullying in Filch's case, for saving or comforting Trelawney, whatever the case may be, for giving Harry some preferential treatment, you know, talked about it more in the last episode, but, you know, Sprout giving extra points, Flitwick gave him candy, whatever the case may be. Some of Trelawney's points were for that reason, too. And then I'm taking five points away from Hermione. She is stuffy in this chapter. Oh, well, you should have done this for the Cho thing. Come on, girl. Your communication lately is pretty shitty negative 10 to stay i almost called him stain sure negative 10 to stain (laughs) aka snape okay you're several weeks into this and your teaching hasn't improved okay negative 10 and another 100 from umbridge she has no tact she has no tact and she has no neck next Next time. time we are reading chapter 27 the centaur and the snake the sagittarius and the slytherin the me. The next time we are reading the me. She's, no, she's not a snake. She's a sneak. Oh, the sneak. I misunderstood. The and the sneak. Well, I can be sneaky. Yeah, that's true. We are going to be joined by, I can't remember what Sarah's zodiac sign is off the top of my head. She's a... Uh, Libra. Uh, Libra! She is a Libra. Libra. Thank you. October 3rd. I know you meant to say Leo. But she is a Libra. No, she's a Libra. I don't know when all the things I saw her birthday is October 3rd. She indeed is a Libra full and through. So I hope y'all come with some headphones that you can turn down a little bit because she is a loud bitch, but she is a lovely bitch. We're very excited to have her. She was another person in our Puffs episode. And we're actually recording right before the series finale of Puffs, aren't we? Not series finale. Closing day, whatever, right? Yeah. We're going to have some mimosas and maybe some brunch. 
Last time I ordered food for breakfast, um, DoorDash gave me food poisoning, so we'll see about that. But there will be mimosas, and we're going to discuss that chapter and next one. Yep, we'll see you then. Have a day. Yep. Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. Join our social media pages. Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!